This is Vision Eternity Ministries. My name is Lee Klein. So excited that you're here today. Jesus has been getting us ready for that day that we stand before him. He's getting out all the kinks, so to say. He's revealing to us the things that we need to know to be ready that day. And the thing he's been focusing on is so many people know of him. They know about him. They have this religious practice that they do. And some even have just a different religion, and they don't believe in Jesus, but and and still think they're going to have eternal life, or they think hell is going to be okay, that they'll be able to handle it. So Jesus is um, certainly teaching us every little thing there is to know. And um, this is a big one, because um, ignorantly not knowing what you what you have to do, the first basic steps to have eternal life is it's vital. And so we talked about um, being born again. We talked about being baptized in the Spirit. And actually, Jesus said, in order to see or enter into the kingdom of God, you have to not only be born again but baptized of water. And so. That is where we're going here today. We're going to talk about being baptized in water. So let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for teaching us. Thank you for letting us know exactly what we have to do to be right with you that day. We thank you that you would just give us complete understanding today. And even that we would feel your presence. We love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory. So, you know, some people think that, you know, like um, when they were little, they were baptized, and so they're good. But really, that, that isn't true, because you have to actually know what you're doing. You, you have to be wanting to live with Jesus forever, to change your way, to have a change of heart, to repent of your sin, and move into his kingdom being born again, being, being accepted into his kingdom and leaving this one. When I was a little girl in my family, it was just crazy. It was chaotic. And um, it, it used to get so intense that I'd run to a closet. And that's where I met Jesus. And um, I'm telling you this to tell you that you don't have to have someone um, right there to be born again or even to be baptized in the Spirit. Um, it can just be you and God. It was just me and him in that closet. And then when I went to church when I was a little girl, he, he was there so strong um, to show me the love that um, Jesus had for us. I heard the story for the first time that God gave his son And I couldn't understand how he would let Jesus go through that. But he did it. So for us, so we could have everlasting life. So we could be born again, born of the Spirit. So we could live in his kingdom. So it's so exciting. It's it's something you just have to have understanding of. Don't assume that, you know... um, don't assume anything. You got to know the word. You have to have your own experiences. And um, you certainly 
um, are not going to get by just knowing about Jesus because he is a son of God. He's a son of man. He, he is someone you have to get to know and be in, right, be in right standing with in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven or to even be able to see and understand. And as we talked about, when he lives on the inside of you, that's when you can understand him and see him because he shows himself to you if you're willing to obey him. So, Matthew 3. In those days there appeared John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness and saying, Repent, think differently, change your mind, regretting your sins and changing your conduct, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So this is John the Baptist preparing the way for Jesus. This is he who was mentioned by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice one of one crying in the wilderness, shouting out in the desert, Prepare the road for the Lord. Make his highways straight, level, direct. Jerusalem and all Judea, all the country round about Jordan, went to him. And they were baptized in the Jordan by him, confessing their sin. So being baptized is a confession of your son. Then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to John to be baptized by him. But John protested strenuously, having in mind to prevent him saying, it is I who need to be baptized by you, and you come to me? Of course. Jesus is so humble. He's so humble. He's so like us. He so loves us. He doesn't put himself on a pedestal. He came to save us. So Jesus replied to him, Permit it just now, for this is a fitting way of both us to fulfill of righteousness, that is to perform completely whatever is right, and then he permitted him. And when Jesus was baptized, he went up at once out of the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, And he, John, saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, alighting on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, my beloved, in whom I delight. You know, when you get baptized in water or in the Spirit, um, you feel his presence. It's it's an awesome thing. When you get baptized and you come up out of the water, it's, you, you feel free of your son. You feel high. It's amazing. And um, when you stay clear of that sin, you have that excitement, that joy, that happiness all the time. And so getting baptized in water, in the spirit, being born again is enlightening. And just as the Father recognized Jesus, he'll recognize you, and you'll know it. You'll know you've been free of your sin. You've been forgiven. And it's, it's just amazing. It's beautiful. And God wants you to know this. It, it's not just a religious duty to go to church, um, to read the Bible and know it. I mean, you can know the Bible, but unless you live it and apply it to your life, then 
it's just religion. It's just religious. And so I want to say again, there's so much more to, to Jesus, to God, than just um, the matter of fact of going to church, sitting on the bench, saying you read the word, you're a good person. But it's a lifestyle that is going to change who you are. And that is supposed to happen. We don't, you know, most people um, that I know of have just said that prayer thinking they're going to go to heaven because that's what's taught. That's what's taught. And, And baptism is offered, but from my experience, not always explained properly. And so we need Jesus. We need the truth. We need the word to look at, and we need him to help us to understand it. Just like he opened the scriptures to the disciples, he's going to do that for you. And as when I was a little girl in the closet reaching out to Jesus, I must have heard, I must have heard about him. I don't know. But he was there for me. And you could right now just be in your own closet, in your own little corner, and going through something really scary and and really hard. And you can just call out to him. And he'll come running. He's already there waiting, knocking at the door of your heart. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, I repent of my way. I want to live for you. I want to have eternal life. I want to have happiness, peace, joy, excitement, contentment. I want to do your will. I don't want to do my will. You know, so many people, because of wrong teaching, think that they have to give things up. And it's, it's no fun to be a Christian. It's no fun to follow Jesus. Like, you can't do this and you can't do that. And really what Jesus is taking away from you are the things that you put before him that cause death. Things that um, maybe at first you can't see that are evil, but they are because they take life from you. The enemy, you know, he tries to act like Jesus. He tries to convince you that he is Jesus. And that sin is, sin is the way, of course, because if you follow Jesus, he's going to take all these things away from you. You're not going to be able to do this anymore or that anymore. The only thing Jesus is taking from you is wrong. And um, when you live rightly, when, when you live When you do what he tells you to do, like he said, his joy is in you and it's complete. And it makes you happy. You know, it makes you happy to do the right thing. And you're miserable if you're not doing the right thing. If you do something and you know it's wrong, but you let the enemy convince you that it's right, I mean, you're still going to have that icky feeling. You're going to know for sure that you did wrong. 
it's it's always going to be there. And that's what sin is. And it, it pulls on you. And it causes death. It takes away life. And that's the only thing Jesus is asking you to give up, is eternal damnation, death. He wants you to have life. He wants you to take advantage of what he did for you. No one made him lay down his life. He did it for you. He voluntarily laid down his life so you could have eternal life. He took those stripes so you could be healed. He bore your sickness, your disease, your sorrow, your pain, because he loves you. And sin brings on sorrow, sickness, disease, pain, damnation. We have to make a choice. Either we want to live in good, happiness, doing what's right, pleasing Jesus, eternal life in the new heaven and the new earth, where God is with us all the time, somebody who loves you more than you can imagine. Or the other thing you're choosing is just selfishness, giving into your flesh, just doing what you feel like doing. And really it causes misery and pain and bondage. Like, if you have a hard time forgiving someone, the enemy has you thinking about it and rehashing it over and over again. And why wouldn't you want to give that up? Because if you forgive, Jesus sets you free to love again. You have a desire to forgive and to love when you know what he's done for you. When, when you were baptized, when you were born again, that sin washes you free. When you look at the word, it cleanses you. You see what's right, and you want to do it. You really do. The only reason you don't want it, don't do it is because the enemy is saying, you don't have to do that. What about you? You should be first. You should be able to do what you want to do. You only live once, and that's really ignorance, and it's a lie, because Jesus is offering eternal life with him. It's just a lie, and he tries to act like God by saying, it's okay, I understand. Look what they did to you, but that's not Jesus, and when you look at the word, you're going to know that. Peter said, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother? Jesus said, seven times, 77 times a day. Because it should be a lifestyle. And so the thing is, is if you want to live in this lifestyle, then that's what you choose. To forgive your brothers seven times, 77 times a day. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, which means care about what he cares about, and he cares about your brother, cares about your neighbor. He doesn't just care about himself, and if he cared about himself, 
then it would be okay for us to just care about ourselves. But he laid down his life, and so he's asking you to lay down your life, to let go of wickedness, sin, unforgiveness, stealing from someone, not caring about others. That's what he's asking you to give up. What's ever in the way of love, he's going to ask you to put it down, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, when you, when you are, when, when you understand that when you're baptized, you're free from sin and you, you have a new slate ahead of you and you're willing to let Jesus teach you and you want to make the right choices because the enemy is going to come and, and lie to you and try to get you to sin, to pull you away from Jesus. But when you make that decision, you just are determined to do that, Jesus is going to help you to stay on that path, but you got to allow him to correct you. He said he corrects those that he loves. And so it's a journey, although it's exciting, it's a journey, and it's a fight, because the enemy's going to come. Jesus said, if you don't understand that, that as soon as you hear the word, the enemy is going to come and try to take it from you. You're not going to understand anything. He is out to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life, have it to the full, until it overflows. That means more than enough, overflowing. Like imagine overflowing a glass of water and it's just pouring all over. I have come that you may have life, have it to the full, until it overflows. And the enemy has come to still kill and destroy. So using that same glass of water as an analogy, a very empty glass of water, nothing in it. He's trying to take your life from you. He's trying to steal your eternal life. In order to understand and able to, to be able to see spiritual things, you have to be born again. You have to decide. I repent of my sin. I want to live for Jesus. I renounce sin. Whatever Jesus tells me is wrong, I'm not going to do it. And then you're going to live in happiness, peace, joy, and contentment, and you're going to have life to the full till it overflows. And so wherever you meet Jesus, he's going to meet you there. He met me in that closet. He met me at church. I was sitting there all by myself. We got dropped off at church. <laughs> it's pretty funny, but um, it was effective. And my parents later, sometimes the kids get saved first, and my parents later came to know Jesus. And um, for them, it was probably a more of a religious thing. In fact, it was. And it's that way for many people. And so they don't see the sense in, um, or, or they don't understand what it means to have a relationship with Jesus, to be born again where you can actually hear him talk to you. You can actually feel what he's feeling when he allows you to as you grow in him. And um, they don't understand that. It's just, Doing what their parents did, 
just going to church, which is probably why my parents dropped me off at church and um, us off at church. And so they were just going through the motions of what they knew or thought was right. You know, God convicts us of our sin. When you feel icky about something, that's him. If this, is, if this message is getting to you and you feel icky about not, not doing it, that's him convicting you, pulling you. If you hang around with someone who just um, rubs you the wrong way because they talk about Jesus, because they make you feel bad about your sin, that's Jesus working through that person to pull you in. He wants you to have everlasting life, salvation. And all you have to do is choose him. And as I said, you could, you could be alone right now, going through something, all you got to do is call out to him. And he'll be there. And you can be born again right then and there. And then he's going to ask you to be born of water. To be baptized in water. And you tell the whole world. He said, if you deny me, I'll deny you. If you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. And so you tell the whole world that you've decided to follow Jesus. And you're baptized in the water. And you come out refreshed and new and excited excited and feeling like you never felt before. Every encounter with Jesus is like that. He refreshes and renews. The truth sets you free. I just feel him prompting me right now. And he said, some of you have this sin in, in your life and you know it's sin. But It may be even a manipulated kind of sin. Like you're doing something to please someone else. And maybe it's even a relationship you know that Jesus wants you to break. But the pull, the manipulation from the other person, because you don't want to let them down or you're afraid of what they're going to think of you, Or what are you going to do now if you break that relationship with that person that Jesus is asking you to? That's the enemy trying to keep you in that sin and steal eternal life from you. Nothing's worth giving up eternal life, giving up Jesus. Hell is not a good place. And Jesus, as wonderful as he is, he has taken people to hell to come back and show us what it's like. So just go on YouTube. Check it out. Also, many have gone to heaven, including me. Check it out. Go on YouTube. You aren't going to like it there. Did you ever move somewhere and you just hated it and you wished you wouldn't have done it? That has happened to my mom. She moved into a nursing home because, long story short, she thought it was going to be better than where she was, and it wasn't. And 
it didn't just go away overnight. She couldn't just move right back where she was. It was a long time suffering to the place where she didn't have a place to go anymore that felt like home. And that's how hell is going to be. Once you move in, you think you can handle it. You think that's where you want to go. But once you move in, you're going you're gonna to regret it. You're going to hate it. There's no love. There's no peace. No joy. You won't have your comfortable house or a bed. It's eternal suffering. Hell is meant for the devil. And if you're following him, you get to live with him. Follow Jesus. Ask him to come live on the inside of you. Call out to him. Repent. The kingdom of God is near you. Repent of your way. Choose him. Get baptized. Get baptized in the spirit. Receive his power and go and help him. Tell everyone. Help him. Tell everyone his way, his truth. Give up your sin. It's not worth hell. Don't let the devil talk you into staying where you are. Move on. Move forth. Jesus is coming. You've got to be ready. We're talking about getting ready. We're preparing the way for him. We're being a part of his life. And then we're going to move in with him. So I want to pray with you. Revelation 3.20. Jesus said he's knocking at the door of your heart. And if you would heed his voice, he would come and live on the inside of you. Anyone can call on his name. Doesn't matter what color you are, who you are, what you did what religion you are. Jesus is a person, and you're a person. And when you call on his name, he's God. He's the Son of God, Son of Man. And when you call on his name, he will save you. But when you call on his name, you have to be willing to be humble yourself before him and walk in righteousness. He'll lead you down that path of righteousness. He's going to lead you in goodness. He's kind. He's humble. He's just going to teach you the way to have complete happiness, joy, contentment. All you're going to know, all you need is him. And so let's pray. Jesus, you said you're standing there waiting, knocking at the door of our heart. And we want to open that door. We agree to heed to your voice and let you have your way in our life. And we understand we'll look like you. And we'll be ready to move into your kingdom. We love you and praise you. We thank you that you are true to your word, that you are faithful. Help us to be faithful to you, Jesus. Love you and praise you and give you all the glory.
Or you might have just felt him come on the inside of you right now. That is such an amazing feeling to know that he's in there. Just now he was talking to me, telling me things that I need to hear to have happiness, peace, joy, and contentment. And the other thing he was saying is to, to tell you that in Revelation 3.19, he corrects those he loves. He's going to convict and convince you of righteousness because he's your friend. He loves you. What friend doesn't tell you the truth? He's not going to let you go on and on and on. Living a lie and not tell you because you'll have eternal damnation. You'll be thrown off into the fire where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. He's not going to not tell you your sin, correct you, because he doesn't want that to happen to you. So receive that correction. Let him correct you. It feels good to do the right thing. It feels good to to know that you're going to have eternal life. To know that when you stand before Jesus that day, he's not going to say, away from me, I never knew you. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who calls me Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father. That's what he said. He said, many on that day are going to say, Lord, we did this in your name, but we did that in your name. And he's going to say, away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. That's why he corrects you. So you're not practicing lawlessness. So you're not arguing with him thinking you did the right thing because you went to church or you dropped your kids off at church. Away from me, I never knew you. You don't want him to say that to you. So let him correct you. Let him correct you now before it's too late because once he gets here, it's too late. We don't know the day or the hour, but we know we are to be ready and we have a lot to do to be ready. Countless things. And he will show you that. Now that if you prayed that prayer, he's on the inside of you, he's going to show you. He's going to tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit is going to tell you things to come. It's going to be your counselor, your standby. Correction is a good thing. Repent for the kingdom of God. He's here. He's preparing you to live with him forever. And ever and ever and ever. So, let me know if you said that prayer today. Look at the word. John 1, 1 says, he is his word. In the beginning was the word, and the word is God. He is his word. And so, as you look at the word, you're going to see him. And then as you apply it to your life, he's going to manifest himself to you even more. He's so in love with you talks to me about you all the time. That's why I'm here. I said, I'll go for you, Lord. And he said, tell them what I tell you to tell them. Tell them what you know. Don't hold back. So I'm not holding back. 
I'm telling you what I know. He's coming. He's warned me. Get ready. Don't let your sin hold you back. It's not worth it. Nothing is worth it. It's temporary satisfaction. This life here is temporary. Eternal life is eternal. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening today. Thank you.